Ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, leisure. Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa. And I'm Eliza. Hello, Eliza. How are you? So you are another guest that we're having on our summer extravaganza. And we met at work. We are another work friend, but we're no longer work friends. Where did you go? No, sad. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I went to Pennsylvania, but I had five years with you. And did you have five years? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> we have a mutual friend. Aikisha is one of our mutual friends. So is Vicky, who was a guest host last year during this time frame. And you were still on some of my group chat messages. So I feel like you haven't gone, but you do like pop up randomly. Like we'll be in the middle of a Zoom or a chat and then all of a sudden it's Eliza. And everyone gets very excited because like you're there. You are also, yeah, you're also one of the only ones that I've seen get a standing ovation when you left work on your last day. And in a positive way. Right, like good riddance. <laughs> no slow clap. Oh, thank goodness! <laughs> I remember getting the email, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna give Eliza a standing ovation." I was like, "Wow, that is impressive." I don't think I've ever got a standing ovation. You have, obviously. But I think if you left, you would have like you would have that and ten times more. It would be like standing ovation dancing penguins, like all the things. <laughs> What's funny is I've only left one office in the big agency that we worked in. And I thought, I was like, oh, well, I've been there for like so long. When I leave, I wonder what it's going to be like, especially after seeing you go with standing ovation and like big parties were thrown for other people that left. But then I chose to leave in the middle of maternity leave in a douchey manner where I told no one I applied for a job. And I showed up two months later in another office. No one said a word. They were like, F her. She's <laughs> no party. No party. Yeah. You don't get anything. You left us. <laughs> I, was like, I think that, that's fair. It's fair when I do that. <laughs> but I think if you came back, they would give you a party. I think they would give you the standing ovation for returning. Uh, oh, maybe where you just come in. Yeah. They're like, you came back to us. I, I don't know. When Aikisha and I talked about the office, it, it didn't sound like the type of office where like people would embrace you with open arms. Did And you had to do like exit interviews. People were very like, this happy person is leaving us. Why would she leave us? And, and you calm their feathers. So you went, you're still doing similar work now, just in Pennsylvania. And mm-hmm. You like it. <laughs> to Pennsylvania. These are leading questions. Yes. Yeah, so often I will see people leave government, basically. There'll be a contractor, like still in the same area. So like your routine doesn't change or they go completely different. They're like, that's it. I'm going private industry. And they, and those people are fewer. But I sometimes get people who come back and they're like, I think I made a mistake. Now it's been a few years. I don't think you've made a mistake. And you went to be closer with family, right? Yeah, yeah. So my mom and my dad and brother and sister are all 30 minutes from here. And this is like my hometown too. I'm just like such a 
hometown person. Like in my life, I love traveling around and living in different places. But like, I think now, yeah, there's just like a rightness to the feeling of living here and making that decision. But it was really hard. And there definitely was like a time two years in that I was just like, I so miss my job. Like the feeling, I mean, it's also like it, it changed, right? Like if I went back, it wouldn't be exactly the same. But especially coming from grad school to that work and then, and like meeting you, meeting all these people, I was like, what is this magical place? There's so many like wonderful, super fun. Yeah. So that was hard. Like the level of like diversity and interesting people. And I mean, I work with interesting people, but like, I feel like I just got spoiled also with the percentage of women was actually higher where we were. So you talk about like, <laughs> and that's a good point. Yeah. Cause I really like our list of things to talk about being STEM ladies. Cause like Keisha and I talked a little bit about last week, but being STEM ladies in a dude fest where sometimes you're one of the only females in the room. Right. Keisha, we mentioned like, she's also black and the female in the room. So she's like, great. Thank you so much. But that is true. When I've gone to other groups, sometimes I'm surprised by the amount of females. And especially we were talking about how close we had worked your desk. I would like lean out and sometimes like shout over to your cubicle section. And there was like females within like a, cubicles around us, at least like three to five, I would say, which is a huge ratio, especially when you're talking about like science office, but then we've all left. So that should say something. (laughs) We're not hanging around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but like, I've gone off to interesting things. Like I feel like Akisha where she's at, like, so it was a good, like launching place. Right. We're like, this was cool. Some of you are lifers. High five. You can stay here. We're going to keep going. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I think so, it also just like so spoiled me too. Cause I, I feel like my expectation, like when we're doing recruiting and stuff like that, I, I, I want that same feeling of, of my cubicle of like, Oh, we did have like, it wasn't all white dudes. This right. And, and that's what we get a lot of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go out in the real world and you're like, Oh, you're very, vanilla here. All right. I guess I'll deal with it. Do you miss the DC traffic or any of the other Venus <laughs> of the area? So I feel like I was spoiled too. Like even with, cause most people I think moving from the DC area will be like, Oh my God, my commute, like my commute, commute here is on, was on a bike. Like oh. I, did, I was just biking into the office and that was lovely, but I had my only crash, like in five years of driving to work, I never had a crash. I was also like riding a bike and commuting with people, but here I had a bike crash on my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess it's like, it's an interesting kind of comparison of commutes of like, you could have this perfect existence of just like biking a mile and a half to work. And that's really lovely, but you can also like end up crashing on your face. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you had a good run before. Yeah. Right? Apples and oranges. <laughs> Um, and also I, I, my carpool. So like driving into work, even I feel like I was really spoiled because John is like lovely. Oh, and it was even, yeah. Yeah. John's one of our coworkers that is also one of the happiest people and optimistic. I don't know if he's still like that. Cause he started having kids <laughs> that tends to bring down the optimist. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a delay of like, right. we're like <laughs> especially for someone like him who's like oh i would go home and i would just code and play around on the computer and i was like tell me more about that in like nine months from now i'm fascinated by your work 
<laughs> I think he doesn't sleep though. Cause like during all this time, like he was doing a lot of stuff at work at home and then was like super dad. And then also was like doing all this literature review, which was like, so like so perfectly organized and just delightful. Like, so, yeah, I just don't, not- yeah. There's some people that you see in life that you just don't understand. You're like, I don't understand how you're up right now. I have a couple coworkers that are doing night shifts because of just childcare. And then like, they're chatting with me today and giving me assignments. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you still functioning? They're like, well, you get, do you? All right. That's, that's great. <laughs> so speaking of things that we love, we bonded mm-hmm. over our love of Ted talks and fascinating things that we would watch or read, but specifically Ted talks. So I think you were my first friend where we could come in and be like, Oh my God. So I saw this Ted talk and it would spiral into something we'll talk about in a little bit social experiments, <laughs> but are you still watching TED Talks? So TED Talks became part of our professional development. The agency encouraged us to listen to TED Talks. And the funny part was my husband was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, you just don't understand. And we watched three TED Talks and he was like, what the F is <laughs> Now, two of them were like only okay. And I was like, well, you have to watch the really good ones. He was like, they're just standing on stage talking. I was like, well, I mean, your video games is just people playing that you're. (laughs) (laughs) So are you you still watching TED Talks and participating in the enjoyment of them? So 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 I'm not like, I think with kids, I've replaced it with podcasts. Like that, so I, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's where I'm getting. Then like, let's new shift. Ideas. What podcasts are you listening to? Oh, oh, and it, um, okay. You're so many. Bring, bring up this. <laughs> so many. So many. <laughs> my podcasts have actually. Well, you look some up. My podcasts have actually dropped recently because my husband really loves watching the Joe Rogan podcast, which goes on for hours and he'll have it on. And I just can't handle dueling podcasts. And then someone also needs to listen for the children screaming. So I need to get back into podcasts, but the one recently, I really enjoyed by the book. I think we, we both listened to that, right? The two ladies that would do self-help books. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they did another one called Mm-hmm. We love you, and so should you. Have you listened to this one? Oh, I have no. I want to. So I binged it while I was doing some painting, <gasps> and they take a random person and their special, like, so sometimes they're messy, sometimes they never finish projects, and they'll step through that with them, like, okay, define the problem, and then they'll give them two weeks and homework to do over the first week and the second week. And then they kind of follow up with them. And there's usually some big thing at the end. So like, maybe you have to talk, you have to invite your grandma over to your messy house. It, oh. it was it's so <laughs> enjoyable. Oh my goodness. So enjoyable. Okay. Oh, that, oh yeah. So I love NPR's life kit. That oh, happier that? Life with <gasps> Yeah, they have all stuff for like parents and uh, different things. Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Oh, um, happier with Gretchen. Yeah, Rubin. We've had all the happier ones, right? Yeah. So have you? How many books of hers have you read? All of them. 
I think all of them, except for like her most recent one, the Outer Order Inner Calm. So I just I read need. that. Was it good? It was super good because it's in digestible chunks. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, here's, you should leave a basket at the bottom of the stairs. So if no one knows where an item goes, you put it in the lost and found basket. I'm like, of course. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> of course. So yeah. Happier with Gretchen Rubin. Yeah. One of my faves. Yeah. And that's one that I don't let myself get too out of date on. Mm-hmm. All right. What's oh, and also her sister, her, the happier in Hollywood. Oh, do you listen to that one? I do. And I'm like not a screenwriter. And it's like typically it's, it, it's a good kind of escapist one for me. Cause I'm like, okay. they have such a different, but both seem like really nice and interesting people. So she's yeah. very nice. I just didn't get into it because I was like screenwriting in Hollywood. I'm not really sure. <laughs> so I but you're saying if I need to escape, I could go there. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have all this random information about it and it's like completely not my job, right? Like it's not relevant to like any, <laughs> anything I'm doing. Like how I feel about my big yeah. fat gypsy weddings. I could tell you all about where you need to get your gypsy wedding gown, how you be gypsy, where the major hugs are. It's helpful for any part of my life. But, I, but it's like, it's there in your brain. It's, it's so there good. in my brain. Yes. Oh, so going back on the TED Talks, one other thing I was thinking about, I wanted to ask you, have you ever tried to like do a TED Talk in person with some friends or just, or your family? Then like, let's do TED Talks at each other. Like kind of on the spot. <laughs> so, so Jana and I had like a talk about our dream is to do a TED Talk. Like at some point they're going to be like, ladies of leisure, come up on stage and do a TED Talk. <laughs> but we were like, what are we going to talk about? But then yeah. I see... TED Talks where the guy is organizing Legos and he talks about it for five minutes. So anyway, getting off my soapbox. I have mm-hmm. not tried, but what I figured out by talking to my husband about these TED Talks was he'd be amazing at TED Talks. So I was struggling like, okay, what would I talk about? Would I talk about my craftiness, but I'm not like the best at craftiness, but would I talk about like what's like to run a podcast, but people have much more successful podcasts. And Alex was like, oh, I would probably do a TED Talk on the Crusades. I was like, <laughs> yeah, because in fact, he's run 31 <laughs> for fun. And then he's like, also, I would probably give a how to use a gun appropriately and like what you should look for as a newcomer into guns and like what you would want and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, because you watch all of these random things about guns and sharpshooting and not sharpshooting and just general knowledge. And I was like, my husband has three TED Talks he would give. Like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, uh, like a street fighter. You win. You? Oh my God. I was like, I have nothing. And my husband's got something that off the bat he could just give. So he didn't give me like... And you're like, I've watched thousands. Yeah, I've watched thousands. And this is... His problem would be he would not be able to do it in like 20 minutes without practice. He he and I both think that we do good stand-up comedy. But I also know from like having done solo podcasts that I'm not great right off the bat so if someone were to be like oh do a random ted talk i'd be like welcome <laughs> i am going to present it's like <laughs> i mean you could do your halloween costumes like i think you could have like an interesting so yeah. and now that i think about it one of our work things because i know you love social experiments so let's go into our social experiments. yeah yeah 
one of our things at work that you totally would have loved about my coworker, Cindy, she brought in actual fine china of like cups and saucers and we had high tea time and it was where we would sit around and like talk about if someone went to a conference or a meeting and feels like the group should know, or what did you learn and like little nuggets and stuff like that. So we called it high tea, but then we started teleworking. We can't do high tea anymore. So now we had high tea zoom and we were able to keep it going, but someone had to lead it because otherwise it's weird. If people are just shouting (laughs) like in the box. (laughs) Right. And so I led like two talks. One was of course on a podcast called We Crashed, which is the We Work. It was eight episodes where the the We Work just tanked and was like a terrible fire festival type of a thing. So I did that one and we drew parallels on like, how is our human resources like this giant debacle that just went up in flames? And then another one was... People often come to my desk and they're like, I don't know what to do with my careers. And I walk them through a guy's comic, which is 63 pages. And you make the yearning octopus, which is like your different life parts and everything. So passion, home life, other things. And then you explore your dungeon, which is undiscovered. So like, did someone tell you that you weren't great at art? So you never pursued art because your art teacher in middle school said you were terrible. That happened to me. Or did your mom always say that you were not good at at projects in like a certain field? So you like went somewhere else. So you have to go dig through your dungeon. So I made my team do it. Now that we're talking about it, that that would be a great TED talk. I would be stealing someone else's like work because like he put it together, but he also puts it out there for free. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that. I'll just give him credit in my first like part of the TED talk. Like shout out. And like, but... Dude, that's so good because I think Zoom is a little tricky and with that facilitating, you like brought it to something that's in- interesting and kind of like outside of the realm, but then like you all went away from it knowing each other better and like thinking about now, things. You brought up the TED Talk. It makes me think, did you try to do a TED Talk on the oh, spot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this super happy memory of like when I, I think I'd watched my like very first TED Talk and I was just like, oh, it's so interesting. And the way they talk and like, they really own the stage. And so like me and my super awkward Quaker family, like my dad and my sister, there was one time in this kitchen, in our kitchen, we just were like, we're going to do TED Talks. And so we were talking about like super boring stuff, like bananas. what what are they or like but we were doing it with the the mannerisms where you're like still trying to like really emote and be extra engaging (laughs) (laughs) it was a total yeah it was a total like crash and fail but it was fun it was fun to like try to to yeah and even just like that that feeling of nervousness like how did how did those people even feel like knowing that the audience for any given ted talk is so massive Right, like right, so massive, they're so smart. But like, I also feel like the TED Talk audience are like sitting there, like ready to absorb anything. Like they're the best of the best <sighs> to have in the audience. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. There could be a bunch of douche canoes just sitting in the audience, <laughs> and they're like, "Boo!" Are, yeah, like we're on the other end of the YouTube, being like, "Yay, <laughs> go home." <laughs> And we just, yeah, no, but I do think that there's the, when you see see the audience's faces, like they are so encouraging. Like you can just tell that they like want the person to succeed and they like want to be inspired. And, right. Yeah. 
I remember there was a time where I was like watching too many TED Talks and I started going to the TEDx and we've talked about like sometimes the TEDx ones. You're like, yeah, stop this now. This, this, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> no one, I don't think anyone quality check this actually. And I was watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was a lot in India at the time that was popping up in my feed. I was like, oh, I did an internship in India. They have a billion people. I bet these are great. There was a lot on public pooping. So Mm -hmm. I watched like, and they would be like public defecation to make it sound classier. But (laughs) but (laughs) the problem there, a lot of TED Talks on it. So my TED Talk feed for a while was like, hey, we know you love pooping. We got a lot (laughs) of pooping. So I, I feel like they profiled you. I'm like, <laughs> did that also get into like Amazon as well? Or I just feel like sometimes if you're looking at something that it's like all, everything is. That's all it was. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> public defecation lady. <laughs> so some of the TED Talks were like, if you could try something new for 30 days, what would it be? Like, since my husband had to start watching them, I pulled up that one in particular. I was like, if you had 30 days, what would you do? What would you learn? He's like, I don't know. That seems, why would I just do something? And it made me realize we're very different people when we set out to do things. I'll just try challenges for the fun of it. And he's just like, what? But no one's telling you to do that. I was like, I know. (laughs) It's just me. But but like, who told him to read 31 books on the Crusades? Yeah, no, just him. He's like, oh, I just like this. But it wasn't like a challenge. I wasn't saying like 30, you know, books I'm going to read on one subject. He like didn't announce it with confidence, like a TED talk. So we, both of us have done social experiments where my most recent one is the, we moved something in the bedroom. So the alarm clock got taken out of the plug. And so we just never put it back. And kind of in this pandemic time, like time doesn't matter. So like I've been getting up later, sometimes early, but we've now started going back to work on a regular schedule. And my husband had no way of knowing time. So there were a couple of <laughs> times where he got up at seven. I was like, hey, what are you doing up so early? He's like, well, what time is it? Like, what? And then it was a complete surprise to him because he didn't realize how life was when he wasn't awake. He's like, wait, why are the kids watching Russian Lightning McQueen YouTube videos? I was like, oh, that guy does like little demonstrations with Lightning McQueen characters, but he speaks in Russian. The kids love it. And he's like, why are they watching this? I was like, well, you're really sleeping. I don't like the tone of voice you're giving me. No judgment. No judgment. Right. So that my late, I finally plugged the alarm clock in because he was, he was struggling. <laughs> what about you? What's a recent social experiment? Or you could bring up one of your many historical. Well, so a tiny one was doing a cheese eating competition on Zoom. <laughs> and... <laughs> Like this all was like a weird cycle of like just people kind of trolling each other. But so it came, it came out of like, this is a social experiment that came out of a social experiment, which started with a bunch of us on our our team took the via character strengths test. And then we all like publicly shared on our internal website, like I'm Eliza and my top strength is in creativity and gratitude and, and things like that. So we all like listed it, but it's a wiki page. So you can edit it for other people. So like, there was all our earnest ones. And then someone put in for someone else, cheese eating as his top strength. 
<laughs> so that was fantastic. Like also, I mean, just, I think that's great to have like a list for your department or team of like, what are your strengths? And then you could, that's just like fun in itself as a social experiment. Cause there's such bonding over like, Oh my God, we're the t- same strength or like you're a very different strength and right. knowing how to like interact or collaborate with someone with that. But yeah. So a certain person then had his top strength as cheese eating. And then I don't know why we were like, let's make a cheese eating comp or let, let us, is this actually true? Like, are you actually like have a strength in cheese eating? So we did it in zoom, but we, I never explained actually like what the rules of the challenge challenge were. It just was like, come to a cheese eating competition. <laughs> so I was the only one who actually like made cheese face. Like I did this whole like arts and craft thing with cheese. Cause that was my interpretation of what a cheese eating competition should be. <laughs> <laughs> but for other like, people, could be... <laughs> did they just consume massive amounts of cheese? <laughs> yeah. <or> like, <laughs> <laughs> and luckily I was saved like, yeah, cause zoom can, can be kind of awkward, but I was, I was saved by a friend who like had written down cheese trivia questions. So it actually made it like, he facilitated it and it was perfect. And otherwise it would have just been really awkward. It would have been me like, Hey guys, <laughs> I made a cheese face. <laughs> I'm uh, the best cheese eater. <laughs> so you just reminded me of like the awkward zooms I've been taking part in. There was an HR team. So like, I know mm-hmm. them, but your background and my background is geography. And we also mm-hmm. work in a geography field, but And I I take that for granted that I just assume that most people I work with have a general understanding of the world. And so they had a trivia competition and they would say the question and then you write it down and then they would go over the answers after they've done like that topic round. But they were like, okay, because we work at a geospatial agency, we are going to go and do geography questions. And they started the questions and I had to like hide my face expressions because I was like, wait, this is a question. (laughs) I was like, but we work at like, like our motto is know the the way guys. (laughs) Some of the questions were which ocean is larger Pacific or Atlantic. And I was like, Oh yeah. And then I see everyone like, Oh my God. Well, at least it's 50, 50. I was like, ah, guys, <laughs> like, oh, most, of them got, most of them got them all wrong. <laughs> so, so maybe they need to go back to some like good HR questions, like go back to their like safe space of the. Yeah, I was just like, ooh, oh, okay, all right, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're like, least good job, you got all five answers. I was like, I know, I'd be embarrassed. Master's <laughs> geography. <laughs> that that was my degree. <laughs> Um, yeah, I understand (laughs) awkward zooms. Yes. (laughs) All right. Some other epic social experiments. You actually, I got to witness some of these. Yes. Yeah. So I think one of my favorite one is Thinkathon. So that, that the whole concept of that is just setting up a place where you have free thank you cards and making it really festive with balloons and free candy. And this is something we did as a collaborative effort with like Ben and Vicky and Michelle and the great people collaborating. Cause Ben did such a great job of being like, can we open the aperture on appreciation? Like, cause we were a recognition, like we were the, the recognition committee. And so I think it was such a great idea to not just be like, oh, let's give awards to like 1% of people, but let's think about like how we can enable others to like, re- like look around their workplace and, and see what needs to be recognized or appreciated. 
No, going on years later. It was basically you like set up how it's you. Do you go and buy the thank you cards? But there's also a contest associated with the thank you cards. Yeah. And I think it's like evolved, like because it's owned by the employee council that they've like evolved it. Like I heard there was a virtual one this year and like a bingo, like, oh, thank you. I know one of our new employees designed the winner of the thank you card. And then they print out the thank you cards. You can go down there. It's good that they did the virtual one. I think I missed it. And then you could write cards for free and like deliver them to people that, you know. So I remember I wrote to my boss at the time. I wasn't the superest of fans of him, but I did write, thank you for not being the epic failure. We <laughs> Pause. <laughs> and he liked it because he thought I was <laughs> but most people wrote much nicer kinder things oh yeah no for the social experiment there's tons of stories of people like like I got a card from from Chris which was really funny which was like you're welcome (laughs) I was like no (laughs) this is a thankathon we're thanking people but yeah and that's another thing like I I think that never would have like come to my awareness, but it's something now that like where, where I'm at at Penn state, I'm like, let's have that. And let's have that. At, um, in our you team. started a thinkathon already, like somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, and it's, uh, and it's like on our calendar, like it feels like it's entrenched and entrenched is kind of a weird word for something like thinkathons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is, we are seriously committed to it, but yeah, no, the, it, I just, I, I think a, a secret though is like, I am not particularly good at writing thank you cards. Like there's some people that can write them and they're just like, they light up your heart and you just feel so sh- seen and like understood. And I feel like I write cards and I'm, I'm still on this like rudimentary, like, thank you for being so nice. <laughs> You're so nice. You are really nice. <laughs> so I have to keep thank you cards that I think are really good. I recently, because like we're trying to move, I went through a whole box of cards I just kept. And some of them I just kept because like they were from like a special occasion. I was like, yeah, I don't really need these anymore. But there were a few where I took a picture of the thank you card and like sent it off to the, the person. I was like, I've kept this for like years. Sometimes it was like, it was just really funny material. But other times it was like super genuine, like super nice. Like the person didn't even like have to do it. So yeah. What has been like one of your favorite compliments that you saw in one of the thank you cards? So the, someone parry, parodied, so made a parody of a card that I would tell stories about. And they came back and they said, you know, in the card, they made it just like the story I told. So like the person clearly remembered the story I told, but then used such like language. It was like, you know, thank you. I had just found out I was pregnant and she was like, thank you for being a dirty, slutty hoe (laughs) joining the ranks of all the pregger ladies. (laughs) I am a dirty. Check it, check. So that one I didn't send back and I was like, you I needed this. Nailed <laughs> it, nailed like, it. I think adults like, no, like, cause when you're growing up as a kid, people don't like say necessarily personal things. Like, what do you say to a seven-year-old? You're great. You're going to keep going. <laughs> like, you know, but when you're like, you have more of like a established experience and personality. So I like my adult ones more where 
they're like, oh, remember when we used to go out drinking and now you're drinking with children. Your life is terrible. Glad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. What about you? Have you? you Oh yeah. So like, so, so much. Yeah. And I also keep them like electronically. Like I have a happy folder that's labeled happy folder. (laughs) And I'll put like, (laughs) yeah, I have have a kudos folder where I keep it. And like, if someone says something nice, yeah, I, I just saved, put one in my folder today where they said, I'm sad. I'm missing out on the memes that you send on the classified network. I was like, thank you. That's my contribution Mm. is sassy memes. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Get back in the building. Stat. Like this is why. Ridiculous. There's too many, too much competition down there. Oh, speaking of which, you had a happiness blog. On the, uh, in like the, in like the intelligence world, like you had a class up in our classified section and it went on for a while. People read that thing and almost won awards, but you had stiff competition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also I was, it it was like the perfect kind of blog for me, which is just like reposting and then like giving (laughs) attribution to be like, this is from Huffington Post. Thank you. This is from, It helps when you're in a very small pond compared to the rest of the <laughs> webbies. And we don't have a whole lot to read that we're like, well, that Eliza, thank goodness. <laughs> Happiness blog. So yeah. popular. Yeah. Best blog ever. <laughs> I also had the, and I still do this at Penn State. I had that, it was like a wiki page, right? I just list. It was, so at, at our work, it was called Acts of Kindness. And it was supposed to be this collaborative thing of just like shout outs and like delightful things that we saw. And yeah, and I, and I have one here too, but (laughs) I don't, it's, it's a little weird. Like, I don't know if it's like, I think I'm so much in my own head about it. Like, I just really like writing down like, oh, this was so nice that this person like gave me a donut. Like that was great. And then I have a whole list of this that's like publicly shared, but I don't know if it's like helpful or like what other people reading it get out of it. Like, I don't know if it's just my own like weird personal thing. And then I, it's very weird to other people that I share this. I don't think so. I <laughs> always liked this section in the college newspaper. It was called, I don't think it was cheers for peers. It was like, oh, pats and darts. And it was like pat on the shoulder or a dart at someone who did something bad. Of course, the <laughs> darts were always more interesting. <laughs> So it'd be like a dart to the person who stole my bike, ran over it with their car, and then <laughs> my driveway as if thank you for returning it. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> like thanks to the person I had to meet for my food when I forgot my like meal card or something. Yeah. yeah. So I was like reading those. Yeah. I also really love my old people show on Sunday morning and they always have the fluffy piece, like the fluffier than all the rest of the pieces, but where they're like, this is a boy and he looks like a normal boy, but he in fact can't see or hear, but he has decided to send out a postcard to everyone in the United States for the rest of his life. And you're like, Oh my God, that gets great. Can't. Uh, like so I love it. Yeah. Tears. <laughs> right. Just like tears. Yeah. Like my favorite one that stands out recently. Yeah. There was a girl that was going to a old people home. And because like her her mom worked there as a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so she started going up to the old people that were just there and saying, What do you wish for? 
And like, again, she's like four, five, six. And they weren't like wishing for anything. Like one was like a six pack of Dr. Pepper. Another one was like an avocado. Like it was like things that were manageable that just like old people don't have. (laughs) And so like she said, start using your piggy bank money. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Right. Adorable. But then I was like, I can't do that. That'd be weird if I just like, hey lady. What do you wish for? <laughs> I can't really like execute that as like my kid could. I could get my kid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You could get Isla to do it. Isla could do it for you. Yeah. And Bowie would be right behind being like super weird and trying to like pee on their doorstep or something. Like I would be like, hi, like, what can we get you? And Bowie's like, I'm peeing on your foot. <laughs> I'm about like crazy. Oh my God. Having kids is both great and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a social experiment. Social, social experiment, experiment our yeah. children. <laughs> that was a good, that's a good segue back to the social experiments because yeah. you had a social experiment on how to get one of your kids potty trained by just taking away the diaper, and you said it worked, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the end, it, it, all, it, all, it all worked out. <laughs> Um, so moving on from this topic of social experiments, we have so many, there was also, I just want to give a shout out to some of the major social experiments, how you hid being pregnant. And I was like pregnant around the same time. And like, I didn't even see it until you were six months, but like, you want to see how long before someone would say something to you and what deaf this like older imagery scientist guy who was like, so weird <laughs> yeah no I think he was he was the one who finally like and then I was like oh you got me you got yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> but it's that is super it was a super weird thing to do and like everyone a lot of people didn't know I was totally pregnant and just like not acknowledging <laughs> like, Akisha was like you didn't know I was like no and she's like, but you're pregnant. I was like, that doesn't mean I yeah. can smell. <laughs> in fact, I'm probably the worst now because I'm just in my own body being like, this is the worst. And if no one else, then I'm like, oh, you're all fine then. You're fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah. So we used to have like goals and make vision board and to-do lists, but we haven't like had one of our vision board or to-do lists or anything like that recently. So I am curious. What is on the next year, two, three, five, maybe? I don't know how long you make lists out for. I can't handle yeah. past years right now. Yeah. So I, I have a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it both is like the spreadsheet reinforces my like my favorite habit, which I have, which is like with my sister and like and Roger, we and uh, also for the kids, but those are like much weirder, but we each have a column and like each day we put in our gratitudes and we try to make them like really detailed. So, so like a gratitude today will, will be like, I talked to Lisa on our podcast. It was oh, super fun. Okay. <laughs> so doing that, but in that same spreadsheet, there's also like a list for like a reflection for each year. And I think a lot of my goals, I was looking back at my goals for this year and a bunch of them were like, Oh, I can't do that so much. Like we were going to have a big college reunion. Oh yeah. So that's not so much happening, but like there's other, but instead of that, we're doing like zoom meetups a, a lot. So right. But I, I think in terms of big goals, I, I signed up for this thing through 
our public school, which is restorative circles, which I think is just like a super interesting concept about like, how do you, when there's been hurt or like, it it makes a lot of sense in the school setting for like bullies and other conflicts. How do you actually make a restorative circle? So it's not like you're trying to punish someone, but you're trying to actually like restore and repair. Got it. Okay. Interesting. So I want to do that training. It got canceled, but I think it should come back at some point. And then I, I did have a goal. I was telling my lean in circle that I was going to do a book proposal. And I was like very proud of myself because I, but it, I think it was more, it just like entertained me to be like, oh, I'm, I'm working on my book proposal. And I've always <laughs> written <laughs> like 300 so, words. <laughs> so you don't even have the book yet. You're just like, you want to send out into the world to like publishers this is my nonfiction, I'm assuming, book proposal. Yeah, 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 nonfiction. And I don't even know if I would get to the stage of like sending it out. Like, I think I was more entertaining myself just being like, I want to do a little research on like what a book proposal is and then write it. Oh, all right. Maybe <laughs> bold, bold goal. <laughs> I, I do have a question. What is the book going to be about? Yeah. If- <laughs> <laughs> it's so just I think for my own entertainment but I I, (laughs) you you can say hey listen I said I'm writing a book proposal that's the (laughs) (laughs) or even just title but I think the general concept would would be about something about like social experiments or like how you can use tech to like reinforce gratitude or like experiments on like big Dude, I'm giving myself credit on writing a book proposal just even talking about it right now. Like, <laughs> You're like, I, wrote. I just got bonus points. There we go. Actually, I, I think that's a bad idea. I have read quite a, a few leadership, I'll use air quotes here, leadership books over this quarantine because that counted as professional development. Honestly, I feel like I could write a leadership book based on the fact that like, I read all of them. I was like, all right. Top 10 things about being a leader. It's going to be 10 pages. Each one's got a page. <laughs> yeah. 50 and you have images on Amazon. <laughs> Done. But yeah. I feel like you have a lot, so many stories. Like you are such a good person in, in terms of being like a historian of events. Cause like you would have a ton of anecdotes and, and you could do more than 10 pages easily. Yeah, I could do way yeah. more. <laughs> and then jack up the price. Like <laughs> jack up the price. <laughs> per page what's your answer like what are what are big goals or things that you're working on so I I would also like double up on that I had started a book a year ago that was just gonna be do you remember Dave Bluevelt yeah one of our one of our famous Daves that listens to the podcast yeah yeah. he like sent me the article that was like how to make billions of dollars on Kindle and like we dissected it and we're like well these people are like throwing out like books a monthly and editing them like so and we were trying to figure out what kind of book would you put on there that you'd be okay giving away to Amazon Kindle because then like they own your content basically but you'd be like if this does well Mm. and so I wanted to do you mentioned anecdotes the Olive Garden sexy times and have a fictional story about a girl having (laughs) very safe and very open on her terms, sexy times involving the Olive Garden and like the many, the anecdotes I have from the Olive Garden. 
And I was like, I would not be sad to put that out there <laughs> and have Amazon Kindle own that. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I would like to finish that at some point. That would be good. Yeah. I, I like have like lots of chapters done. And then every time the holidays hits, like around November, December, things just shut down for me. Where I'm, And then it's hard to pick it up the next year because I'm like, it's a new me. I will not look back to any uh, <laughs> undone projects. <laughs> Only forward, only Only forward. forward. (laughs) So yeah, this was lovely. I wanted to have you on for a while. So this was great. And thank you so much for being my guest host and our talk of social experiments. And you know how we end the podcast. Is there anything you want to add to our listeners? Yeah, just just a shout out that you super inspire me on lots of things. This is something that you made the intergalactic tales of confetti, which is like the best farewell present. Like oh. even like when, yeah. Wonderful. I love it's that like- you still have that. <laughs> um, so one of the books I would write for people who would go away that I actually cared about. <laughs> it's like a fake scenario usually involves space. But based on your career at <laughs> and like all the bumps and like annoyances along the way. And I really enjoy making those, but it does, it does take a lot. Dude, it, like it's so recent, but it is my, like my bar of like, which I will never be able to meet, but like I, for any sort of event now, I'm like, how do I make this special? Like, how do yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's got cartoon, like, Yeah. Yeah, I use and and so many people help out with those too because I would sit down at the the lunch posse group and be like, "Here's the plot. What can we add?" And like they would add a bunch of things and stuff like that. So, uh, it touches me that you still. Thank you. LOL. All right. Thanks, Eliza. We'll talk to you. Yeah. Bye, friend.